Bleacher Creatures podcast. Bleacher Creature. Bleacher Creature. Bleacher Creature. Bleacher Creature. Bleacher Creature. Bleacher Creature. Bleacher Creature himself. What's going on, everyone? It's Luke back here for another installment of the Bleacher Creatures podcast brought to you by Jones and Four Sports. Uh, here with me, of course, is the one and only John. Uh, what's going on, Chief? How we doing? We're 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 doing we're doing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean it's it's tor- it's 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 tournament time, so there, there's. Duke should have lost last night. Say what? Duke should have lost last night. Yeah, they should have. Um, that team looks way more vulnerable than I think people thought they would be, and especially for a mid-major. I mean, I don't want to call UCF a mid-major, but they're like a like an ascending basketball program i guess and their football is obviously top 20 so but point is you know it's not like it's not like they got you know played well by like a pac 12 a big 12 a big 10 a fellow acc team you know or like a villanova from the big east so no but you know what it is duke can't shoot mm-hmm. and and that's why they're vulnerable they're very they're a one-trick pony you get them in the fast break you get them in one-on-one situations they're gonna eat you apart that big guy in the middle clogged that middle. When he was in the game, yeah, Taco Fall. Clogged. Yeah, I mean, gee, regardless of the guy can move or not, no, I think being seven six will clog things. Well, that, I think it goes to show though that they're really more one trick than North Carolina is. North Carolina can play against many different teams with different styles. Duke will have a hard time if you clog that middle against them. This is true. No argument for uh, me. I think I think John Morant has made himself the number two pick in the draft and has gotten consideration for number one in the draft. Could not agree more. I think that he is that good. I don't think Barrett's that good. I don't think Reddish is that good. Reddish, I think, needs another year, possibly two even. He's way too inconsistent. Yeah, Reddish, Reddish should probably stay. Um, I think Barrett's good enough to still go top five. Yeah, he is. He's not the clear-cut number two, or possibly even the number one, which no. he's supposed to be. No, no, no. He's definitely not the one. I still. Yeah, he's supposed to be not like it was a possibility. Yeah, no, he was supposed to like contend for it, but yeah, it, let's be now, real. I think Moran. I think Moran's actually be better statistically in the NBA than Zion. Yeah, I agree. Well, also, Zion will Zion will definitely draw more, you know, but. John Moran reminds me of Russell Westbrook. I can see him getting 17 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals. He'll definitely have a high turnover rate in the beginning as he tries to thread the needle of passes, but I think as time goes on, he's going to turn into Russell Westbrook. If the Knicks get the 2-pick, would you um, be... I love because it would force them to get Moran. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I had asked that question uh, the other day on Jones and for Sports. <laughs> And I said, listen, if the basketball gods still hate the Knicks and they give the number one pick to like the fucking Hawks or the Suns, let's be real. If you are if you get the two, John Morant is not a bad takeaway for your your number two overall pick. No, the only thing is that that screws up free agency and the fact that can you sign Kyrie, Kyrie Irving? Is the free agency before or after the draft? I want to say it's after. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say too. So it screws you up if you draft Moran as a Nick as a Nick in the Knicks organization. Because then, what do you do with Kyrie Irving? If you do, you still even try to sign him? I mean, 
you maybe you put maybe you just have a two guard system, but both those guys need the ball in their hands and make plays. Well, I, I think if you draft John Morant, that forces your hand to trade Nitakina. That's they want to do that anyway. I know they want to, but I'm saying that would that would make it abundantly like I would say you trade once you know you're standing, the first thing you do is I think you try and trade Frank Nitakina for anything with first rounder yeah right right or like you know depth at like the forward you know at like you know a three or a four zion zion would be a better fit for the next position wise yes he would be but john moran i think listen if you end up with one of the two it's a win but the only thing that i'm worried about is with with john moran is now do you need kyrie irving and if you don't need Kyrie Irving, is there a place? Can you sign somebody else? I, I can maybe you get Kawhi Leonard on. Yeah. See, like the other problem too is Morant's like he's six foot three. He's not. You can't like stretch him. Six four. What? Well, his his ESPN roster thing here literally says six three right. one seventy five. Point is, he's not big enough to stretch to a three. No, he's a, no, he's a one. He's a he's a one. He's a two thousand nineteen NBA one. Is what he is. Yeah. Now the other thing too is, do you think him and Dennis Smith could ever coexist on the court? Because they're they're the. Same. I think Dennis Smith's off the bench, so I think I think the perfect role for him in the NBA is to come off the bench with the second unit and be the scorer of that unit. I don't disagree. So uh, I think that's fine. I don't think you can have him starting because he needs the ball in his hands, but he's not that as good with it or as effective as some of these other guys. Yeah, Zion does not need the ball in his hands. No, well, he can go up and get it and just finish. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be real. You need Zion for rebounds and push it on defense. He's, I don't think he's... And Zion can also bring the ball up, which is also I like. Mm-hmm. He's a great passer. Um, if he hits those threes like he did last night, he could have a great NBA career if he can knock down open threes. Yeah, I could not agree more. Yeah, I mean, well, let's be real. You can't be... It's hard to be in the NBA as a starter... And be like, be oddly one dimensional, right? Like I, w- I think for like we all know Zion can jump through the fucking ceiling, and the, I don't think there's such a thing as too high of a pass for him to go up and get. No, we saw that last night. Case and po- exactly, but I think for what you said rings super important. I like what I need to see from Zion. Yo, I'm obviously anything jumping. I have you know blocks, rebounds. I got no no any athleticism. Correct, right? Anything athletic, I think he can do no problem. What I what I love to see from him is a shooting threes like like we saw last night, and also you know maybe he's got an open three, and maybe he gives that extra pass. You know, while the defender's closing on him. You know, just a little bit of ball movement, being more team. That that he does know. That he does. I know I, I know he does. But at the NBA, you're going to have less time and less open space unless you're playing a garbage team. Right. To, I agree. But I think he will. I just think the biggest thing for him is his shot. Can mm-hmm. he make shots? Because he can get to the rim. He's he, we, we know everything else. Can you hit knockdown jumpers on a consistent basis? Right. Well, the, yeah. But and they then, have to respect it. If they have to respect it, he'll be fine. Right. Because then the other problem, too, is when you're playing in the NBA, you're going up against, you know, legitimate centers. Like, you know, the, the Embiid's of the world, the Rudy Gobert's of the world, Anthony yeah. Davis, etc. you got to be able to go to the – I mean, he can go to the rack with complete authority because he's big enough to do it. Listen, he challenged Taco. He wasn't afraid of him. He challenged him yeah. several 
I saw that. You know, and you know, again, is everyone or anyone in the NBA as tall as Taco Fall? No, but the point is, is that I wanted to see it. He did challenge it. He brought it right to him. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, what I mean. So, and he took over the game in the end, which yep. is good. I, 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 it's him and Moran are the two standouts. Everybody else is way down there. Yeah, um, yeah. I definitely think Reddish, like you said earlier, needs that extra development year. Um, Reddish, Reddish, in my opinion, is very overrated. He needs another year or two. I mean, Jesus Christ, this guy can't get it together. No consistency from him all year. Right, and then Barrett, we saw also when Zion missed that good chunk of time, we saw Barrett fail to carry Duke. Not statistically. Yeah. He's very inefficient. He averaged, what he averaged? I think he averaged like 26 points in that span. Yeah, but. Kind of rebounds. But the way he had to go about it was very inefficient. Like, he had to force things. He had to. Yeah. He's not, he's, he's not there. If he, can, if he could handle and see the court like Zion, yeah. he would be unstoppable. He hasn't learned to do that yet. Right. And let's also be real. Barrett was supposed to be getting help from Reddish, and Reddish is clearly, if maybe if he if he declares, I think it'd be a mistake. But if he declares, I don't think he even gets picked in the top ten. No, I think he does. You think I definitely after the fifth though? There's no way you would take him in the in the top five right now unless you're desperate for a certain player, like a position match maybe. But you're not you're not taking him. At three. No shot. You're not taking him at four. I don't, I don't know, dude. All I'm all I'm saying is there's... I would there's, take him. I, I could see him going top ten. Yeah. Dude, though, I could tell. Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. He, he, he's got dude, the... He, he has the upside. He just needs polish. A diamond in it dirt is still a diamond. You know what? You're with Krzyzewski. He could polish it. That's what he does. That's what I'm saying. He would, he would be... His stock would skyrocket with just another year under Coach K. Because Coach K can do that to a guy even just after a sophomore year. That's the problem with a lot of these. A lot of guys that these one and dones, when they come out, if they're with a good coach, a Calipari, yo, back yo, the UConn, case in point, UConn, Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker now is one of the best guards in the entire league, and he didn't rush. So all I'm saying is, right. So all I'm saying is, certain players might take a little more time. Like the money's going to be there, but there's more money to be had if you stay in school for free for an extra year. No, I, I think that he needs. He could be. He has potential to be a top three pick, but he needs to get a lot of his shit together. He obviously still can't play D. What do you get? Four fouls with like twelve minutes to go in the game yesterday. Something like that. Yeah. So he can't play D. It's too spotty. He's not a great rebounder considering he's six eight. Yeah. He does he hovers around the three point line a lot. You see I don't know if you watch, but he'll hover around the three point line. He doesn't really cut move without the ball well. He doesn't move off screens well. He he if you drive and kick it to him, he's that he's comfortable with that. Right. Not really comfortable as much else. Right. Now the the other thing I would say is who do you think gets drafted higher? R.J. Barrett or Jarrett Culver? Barrett. You still think Barrett? Yeah, I, I don't disagree there. I, I think Culver is going to go top five, 
but I don't think he's superseded Bar- uh, R.J. Barrett yet. No, he hasn't. Granted, Texas Tech has the benefit at least of playing one more game in this tournament, and it's against Michigan. If they win that game and maybe make it to the Final Four, possibly, <laughs> good luck with Gonzaga or Florida State. But if they make it there, you'd have to believe Culver is going to be the one to get them there. Right. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. If they do make it, he'll, yeah. he'll have to be a huge part of it. Yeah, and also, let's be real. In the, in, the, in, the, in the Big 12 regular season, Culver was by far the best player in the conference. It wasn't close. No, absolutely, no it wasn't close. I, I just think that, again... If I'm drafting somebody in the top five or ten, I want them to be a piece of my team. Right. Meaning, Immediate I don't care impact. if that means, you know, something along the lines of they could come off your bench and give you 12 minutes like Marcus or 20 minutes a game like Marcus Smart and play tough team, do a little bit of everything, <clears throat> or even give you 15 minutes a game, be a spot of three point shooter, but you can't whiff. I think with Cam Reddish, the team could whiff. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, Again, I, I reference it again. How many times have we seen, you know, top 10 talents that have, you know, cost themselves an NBA career just because they didn't have the NBA polish yet when they could have? They were in positions right. to easily have not just immediate impact in the NBA, but have NBA longevity just by being, staying another year or maybe two in college under right. a Hall of Fame coach. So you would have to think that these kids would be a little bit smarter. Like, again, I understand there's millions of dollars waiting for you to sign, plus your endorsement deal, your signing bonus. You know, all this obvious money is right there for the taking. But we've seen players sign, you know, obviously their rookie contract. And then how often do these kids get cut before they even, you know, become anything in the nba and then they got to go play in argentina or spain or fucking norway just to make money happens all the time yeah i agree yeah so without question um you're definitely onto something with reddish barrett is gonna go he's good enough to go this year but He's not. He lost the number two pick to, to Morant. I, I can't see it any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else from the – is there any team or any anything at all you've seen in the first two rounds of the tournament that, st- that stood out to you at all? You know, this is one tournament that I could say so far nothing is besides Duke, which we just spoke about. Yeah. Nothing real. Nothing really, man. I mean, it, it's it, still it's still setting up, in my opinion, to be a Duke North Carolina final. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure you and I both have Carolina and Duke in the final. Yeah, we do. I think that um, I think that uh, Virginia Tech will give Duke a run for their money. Yep, they did it once already. But because Duke just got out of a battle, I think Duke pulls this one out by like 10, but Virginia Tech will keep it close. Yeah, Virginia well, Virginia Tech played him twice, if not three times this year. Yeah. So, like this is another thing. You're not going to once you start playing the good teams in the Sweet 16, especially within your own conference, at this point you they've already seen your best shots. Yeah, and no game really sticks out to me that much. 
we got good games with Purdue and Tennessee and Texas Tech and Michigan. I think Oregon might give Virginia a run for their money too. Florida State, they're good games, but nothing really surprises me. I mean, let's look at the seeds here. 4-1-3-2-3-2-12-1. Yeah. And uh, then we got 3-2-5-1-4-1-3-2. Yep. Do you have – okay, let me ask you this. What is your must-watch game of the Sweet 16? I'll give you. I'll give you one that I think. I'll give you one that I think could be good right off the bat. I think they're all going to be good. I, I. I really do. I mean, Auburn UNC probably will not be that good of a game. UNC should beat them pretty handily. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think. I think Michigan State's a lot better than LSU. Yep. Couldn't agree more. I think Oregon is better than people think, and I think everybody knows that Virginia is very vulnerable. So for a 12 seed, they have a chance for a major upset there, in my opinion. But other than that, there's no other upsets, really. I mean, I guess if North Carolina or Duke goes down, it's an upset, but you have 3-2. Is that really an upset? You have two 3-2 matchups on Friday. You have two of them on Thursday. If the three seed wins, is that really an upset? If Florida State, who is in the toughest division in basketball as a four seed, which if they were in any other conference, probably would have been a three or two, and they beat Gonzaga, is that really a, who didn't even win their conference, by the way, their conference tournament. Is that really a huge upset? Maybe a little upset, but is that huge? No. No, I think the game, I think that the must-watch game here, Texas Tech-Michigan is going to be fun. There's no argument for me on that one. I also think Houston-Kentucky is a super is going to be a super interesting game to watch. I don't like either one of those two teams. Between Houston and Kentucky? I two teams are well, I will say this right now. Regardless of who wins between Houston and Kentucky, have fun with Carolina in the next round. I think Carolina can do it all. The only team that I think can have a chance to beat them is Duke because Duke's skill is so high. Yeah. And you know what? Duke, North Carolina, those two, I mean, imagine the pressure, not pressure, just that's the wrong word. Imagine the the, the layout this, those kids right, had before the, that game now make it with a national championship on the line. Oh, no, that's going to be a fun. No, you game. couldn't paint a better picture as far as a national or a potential and national title so, game. It's such different styles too, because North Carolina with Luke May that changes their offense. He does everything that today's players don't do. Right? He yeah. boxes out to rebound. He hits his mid-range jumpers like Tim Duncan right off the glass. It's so smooth, isn't it? Yeah. So no, yeah, he does he's... all the little things right. North Carolina actually does a lot of little things right. They have a good amount of long defenders that play good D. They hit the open three. They, they can get out and run. Duke is just so talented on a collegiate level-wise again, right? Yeah. Because you got to watch out for Reddish. In the collegiate level, okay, you got to watch out for Reddish. He is a threat on that level. Barrett obviously can take over a collision game. Zion has been doing it. And the biggest thing is, can Trey Jones stop Colby White? Because Trey Jones is the most underrated player in college basketball, in my opinion. Well, you think he gets lost in the lineup? I think he does, but I'll tell you what. Did you see that UCF coach did last night? In terms of what? Defense. What do you, what do you, for, for those All who right, weren't so watching, So what I did was, I, I, I've coached a bunch of basketball teams. So... What I would always do is, I coached high school level. Um, what I would do is, you're kind of a Bill Belichick esque style. What I would do is, I'd always play a box and one or a triangle and two. Meaning, if you're going to beat me, it's not going to be by your two best players. I'm going to force your other players to put up 20. Yeah. If they do that, you guys will win. 
And that UCF coach did that. Did you see that Trey Jones and I forget the other kid's name? There were a couple guys that they weren't even guarding. And yeah. those guys were standing alone at the three-point line with like 10 feet in front of them, and they still weren't doing anything. Yeah. I think other teams are going to watch that tape and go, this is how we beat them. I think Trey Jones is going to have to step up. He can make that shot. I don't know if he was instructed not to take it, be patient, or it was his own decision. But I think one of those bench guys are going to have to step up in order for them to win. Because unless it was Zion or Barrett, they, they were leaving you open. They were saying, okay, that's fine. Right. No, it's... Well, you've mentioned Trey Jones a couple times on this podcast for... The way he can shut down an opposing guard. Yeah. The way he can facilitate that offense, doesn't turn the ball over usually, and usually does knock down the open three. I don't know what he was doing last night. I think maybe he was instructed, hey, we got to still run our offense. I don't know what happened, but he he was... I mean, look, they weren't guarding him. Yeah. And he wasn't taking him. So... I don't know. Yeah. All I'll say is we clearly saw that Duke is beatable. If UCF can give them that much of a run for their money, you'd have to think. I mean, yes, there is the battle-hardened argument, but let's be real. Any team coming out of the ACC this year is battle-hardened. No, but you know what? Doing it in the tournament is a little different. Correct. It adds a little extra you know, sauce. Because you know you're not going to have – has any team ever like dominated through the tournament in every game without being tested? No. Right. I think that them being tested now helps them because they've already done it. Right. No, that's fair. And listen, it's it's Duke. The thing with Duke is that how many people predicted them at the beginning of the year to win the fucking national title? So everybody right. So you can't even say that Duke is like overachieving because the sand the standard set on them was so goddamn high to begin with that they're just really meeting a predetermined expectation. I, I think them in North Carolina, anything but a national championship is getting bust. there is a yeah. fail. Yep, couldn't get more. I think that once you get there and you're facing the other best team. And you go out there and do the – this sounds really cliche, right? But do the best you can. Yeah. I think that, it, you know, if it's a good game, then then both teams lived up to their expectations. You can't say it's win or bust. This right. isn't the NBA. You know, at some level they're still kids, right? They can't even drink. So if they go out there, they, they play the best they can versus the only team, other team, who can face them, which would be the opposite of Duke North Carolina. I think that's their expectations. Make the national championship. If you're playing uh, North Carolina and it's a good game, those were your expectations. Whatever happens, happens. Right. No. It, Anything else? False. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, the good news is we have a couple days to kind of process what's already happened, and we get that nice break as far as the tournament's concerned, just to kind of yeah. you know look at things a little more, put a magnifying glass where it needs to go. And, and kind of figure shit out. And then don't forget, people, you can always go on like ESPN and, and resubmit a Sweet 16 bracket. I'm pretty sure there's like maybe a little bit of money there. But if you if you, if you fill out a Sweet 16 bracket, I'm saying it right now, you are a coward. No, I'm not filling out a Sweet 16 bracket. Jesus Christ. Right. Those, those are the people that do fantasy drafts in week like five. Of hey, the listen, I did that once. The ball, then you are a bitch. Let me tell you what happened. It was my first years ever playing. Yeah. I think I was like 
17 or 18 and I missed the deadline and I was like, oh man, I wish I could just do one. And then like somebody told me like week four, no, you still can't. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right. Um, it wasn't intentional, but yeah. I didn't do this that had once. to have been your first or second year doing fantasy because by was my now, second year, yeah, because case in point, knowing you now, I know damn well you know better than that. No, right? No, this is my second, dude. I was, I think I was like a sophomore in high school. Oh, fucking yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Well, so actually, speaking of, that's when you had to read like the newspaper the next day to get the statistics on what happened. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, right. There was there was no there was no fucking yeah, red zone channel dude, and shit. I remember my grandparents would get the mail. Like I would just check like the stats. I'm like, all right, how my guys do? Yeah, right. You're checking the box scores for everything but Sunday yeah. night football. Like yeah. who should I trade for? Who's hot? Who's not? Yeah, that yeah that's yeah that was back in the. Uh, it sounds odd, but like the primitive days of or the more yeah. primitive days of. Fantasy yeah. football, because now, obviously, at least then, you could still use ESPN's, like, website, and they would calculate the points and shit. This wasn't, like, guys, like, with fucking calculators. Mm-hmm. But, um, speaking of fantasy, I know me and yeah. you have both done our fantasy baseball rosters, because Thursday is, in my opinion, Christmas okay. in April. Or quote unquote April, but it's yes, it's the second best day, day. It's baby. the second best day of the fucking year. By the way, I, I'm gonna I, I have to apologize now. Um, me and John, oh, I'm gonna I'll take the heat for this one. I legitimately thought the opening series was at the beginning of this week. I didn't yeah, think that I, they, know, I didn't. Both, that was my fault because I was like, no, Luke, I'm watching the game right now. It's spring training. <laughs> yeah, fucking, and let me let me make this abundantly clear. If anyone from MLB is listening to this or ML or ESPN, how about you do a little bit of fucking promo? Like, for fuck's sake, I was... You, we, I, you said, you're like, no, I'm watching the game at work. And I was like, no, I'm watching that. I'm at work, too. I'm like, it's a spring training game. Right. And then, sure and enough... you know what? It fucked me over because week one, this guy has D. Gordon, who got like one single and scored one run. But he's winning all the fucking categories. So fantasy baseball needs to do something about that. Well, I know in my so league, I just took an L in week one, but I my players didn't even play. Well, did you play Domingo Santana? What? Did you play Domingo? No. <laughs> I thought it was training. Remember? Yeah. No, and not no. You know what? Yeah, no, I did think it was for training. I was going to say. Yeah. So that's it. There's nothing I can do. Right. Well, in, at least in my league, we either draft. Yo, with it between now and Thursday, or yeah. the first week stats don't count because not everyone had an, an A or a Mariner. Ah, yeah. So like that one doesn't really fucking count. But also too, if you want to if you want to do like international games, like that's fucking fine. But at least you could have had Oakland and Seattle playing this morning and tomorrow morning or Sunday Monday. Give them a couple days to fly back and readjust. You could have given them more spring training. These fucking pitchers, they couldn't go past five. The stuff wasn't working. It was fucking batting practice. Look at the scores in the two games. They're like nine, seven, and like. I know. I you know what? It was the feel of the game that made me think it was spring training. <laughs> exactly. It was. It was. It, it was none of. Uh, granted, Oakland's pitching staff sucks, but those games felt like spring training. Right, I, those, you could tell those guys were still getting acclimated to what, what they had to do. At least the pitchers. I mean, granted, Ryan Healy played the worst defense I think I've ever seen at third. Yeah, 
There was a couple of bad throws that he was making. Do you think? Do you think that? Uh, do you think that you drafted well your team? Considering I'm in a 12 man keeper, yes, I do. Um, I mean, this is a normally I have a huge strategy going in, and you know I'm gonna I I have dude I have like five thousand papers all over the floor. This yeah. draft, I didn't look at one single thing online. I didn't look at any papers. I just did my draft. I did the exact I same thing. That. I did the huh? I did the every year. I've formulated a strategy. Tried to stick to that strategy. I've almost made like flow charts. Like, oh, if this guy goes in round five, yeah. yo, what, what, yeah, what are options A, B, C, D, That's E, exactly F, G? Right, and then and then I fucking panic, and then what happens? I make the playoffs maybe and lose in the first round. So I, I, you know, I, I gotta say something. Every fantasy team I've done over the last four years, okay, for it, baseball and football, yeah. I have not gotten lower than second place. More power to you. Okay, fantasy yeah. guru, but. This year, I didn't, dude, I didn't, you know what screwed me over in the past is what you said is overthinking. How I compensate for that is I make very good trades. Yeah. Okay. I'm usually, I'm usually not that guy. I, I, unless an offer comes my way that is literally impossible to pass up, that doesn't happen because I know me and you like to play in leagues at least where the other people, right. So no one's floating you, you know, Francisco Lindor. For fucking Kyle Seeger and right. Wilson Ramos, right? No, exactly. So what I did was I, 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 you know, I always try to bargain, right? So yeah. If your fantasy guy you go, oh, listen, I'm gonna draft this guy who's gonna get me 30 home runs and 90 RBIs, but if I wait three rounds, I can get this guy who's gonna get me 27 home runs and 88 RBIs, and that's a three round difference. Yeah. And I've always done that in the past, but this year I was like, no, fuck it, I'm just gonna take like, I didn't start reaching until round six. Because I just took the best player available. I was like, okay. So in this year, I had something very different where I had no power yep. and no RBI. So I had – I went – first pick was Jose Ramirez. And that's not like a big RB. He does everything, right? Yeah. My second pick was Ronald Acuna. He does everything. Yeah. Third pick, Juan Soto. Now there's some home runs and RBIs. Yeah. Fourth pick, Whit Merrifield, right? Stolen bases <laughs> out the ass and hits. Right. So I didn't have any power – and that kind of – I had a reach towards the end, uh, not toward the middle of the draft because I needed power. And I was looking. I was like, all right, now I got to now I got to use my smarts, right? In the yeah. first round, ninth overall pick in the head-to-head league, Jose Ramirez, second round, Acuna. I got them lower than their uh, expected draft thing. Yeah. Same with Soto. Same with Merrifield. Round five, I reached. I went Gary Sanchez. Sky's the limit on Sanchez though, because he can't be that bad again. And I think I think Real Muto, he was available, Real Muto, but he is who he is. I Sanchez has a higher ceiling, and I needed the home runs. Yeah. My round six pick was Jesus Aguilar. That's yeah, that's dangers. And then I got a bunch of number three starters. Okay, so in the seventh round, I go Jack Flaherty. Eighth yep. round, I go Miguel Andujar, who I think is going to have a good year. That's power. Ninth round, Zach Wheeler. Tenth yep. round, David Price. Let's be real. Zach, Zach Wheeler is going to play better than a three. He just happens to be a three on a phenomenal he might, rotation. He might not. Let's be I real. could see him going 15 and 11 with a 3 2 ERA. If you put Zach Wheeler on the Reds right now, he's your opening day starter. No, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Listen to this steal. Round 11, Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, you better hope to God he stays healthy. But if he doesn't, it's a round 11 pick. And you also have better 
better fantasy pitchers in front of him. Right. And then and then I go Joey Gallo strictly. You know what you're getting yeah. out of him. Robinson Cano after that. Yeah. This guy I think is the sleeper, Shane Bieber. I got him in the 14th round. Bieber. Listen. Bieber is yeah. what, the fifth starter for that team? He is, but he's good, man. No, well, every, well, Cleveland has the best rotation in the American League. It's yeah. not even close. This is what surprised me. At the end of the round 15, the last pick, Aaron Hicks. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's nuts, nuts value. In that Yankee lineup, yeah. this guy's a 25-85 guy. He'll steal your bases. And also, base. also keep in mind, he's going to flux between your leadoff and occasional cleanup hitter in that lineup, too. Yep. And then the 17th round, I got Pete Alonso. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 18th round, Domingo Santana, so I drafted on upside there. Yeah. And the 19th round, I got Carlos Santana, who 25-85 every year, the high on base percentage, and I get uh, graded on walks, too. So oh, that's yeah. why I got him. Round 20, Kevin Gaussman. Nobody talks about him, but he had a less than three RA when he came over from Baltimore. Yeah, he'll be good again. Round 21. John Gray. Yeah, that's that's insane. I mean, we saw what he did when he came back from the minors. Yeah. So, he, well, round you're going to you're going to benefit all of those points from John Gray for him not being the number 1 guy for Colorado. Right. I agree. My last two picks were Austin Meadows. But listen to the last pick in the draft, John Lester, I got. You got who? Lester with the last pick in the draft. Can't go wrong there. That's their number one guy. I, I don't think – is he going to be, you know, Lester that we know of? No, but you know what? I'd rather have him over – I'll tell eater. you the other guys, the other pitchers that were that went. Yeah, innings Alex eater. Wood, Alex Wood, Kyle Freeland, Trevor Richards, Andrew Heaney, and uh, let's see, the next pitcher to go was Anibal Sanchez. Yeah. Out of those guys, I think Lester's the best. Um. No, I, Freeland's better than him, but only him. I don't think I don't think so because I think his he has a higher ceiling. Well, but I think they Lester's more consistent. I trust him. And let's also be real: the Coors effect always comes into play sure negatively does. against a pitcher. Sure does. But yeah, no, your team should be fine. So, but you know, that's the first time I didn't use any any tools uh, in my draft. Yeah, Speaking well, of drafts, I can't wait for fantasy football because there's going to be a lot to be discussed. Where does Bell go? Where does Brown go? Yeah, well, we got to give we, well, we got to well, we got to give that shit time. No, well, I'm just saying we're talking guys that we're used to taking top three overall, right? Well, yeah. Now I guarantee you they fall in the late first, early second round. I would, I'm not even going to touch Antonio Brown. Mm-mm. No, why would you? No reason. Well, somebody, to. well yeah, of course. But point is, you know, fantasy baseball is the thing right now. Clearly, fantasy football, you got to see how things shake out, who gets hurt in fucking training camp, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. You know, there, there's so much time, plus the fucking draft. There's a lot of shit to play out. But speaking of team building, but let me ask you this. Speaking of team building, have you picked up on, on what seems to be the trend now in baseball? Oh, what, signing everybody to an extension? Yeah, everyone worth an extension getting signed. Yeah, and uh, Syndergaard spoke up on DeGrom's behalf saying, why the fuck isn't he getting paid? Yeah, they went to arbitration, right? Yeah, and he won. He got 17 mil. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, this guy, he's 30 years old, but he's only pitched for five years. His mechanics are so fluid that 
I could see him pitching until like 39, 40 and still being effective as a number three, four star. Yeah, he's got at least six to seven phenomenal years left in him. Would no. you say he's possibly could be like a Verlander? I think he can. Well, him and Verlander are similar in that their mechanics are so buttery. Yes. That the longevity is there. It's, it's the opposite. Pictures. Like, I would rather hand Jacob deGrom $20 million a year before I give Chris Sale 10. I and his mechanics are so fluid. Right, because what and, what and do we see every what every year we see Degrom hit August and he thrives. We see yeah, Chris Sale hit August and his arm falls off. But you know what, too, Luke? I like about Degrom. He's a pitcher. Well, yeah, he no, he thinks he's got. A, Does not a, rely on just his innate ability. No, it's Maddox it's mindset. It gives him longevity. No, it's Maddox mindset. And, and, but that's why that's what gives the guy longevity. Of course. Like, as much as I love Zach Wheeler in the near future, I don't think he has longevity to his game. Well, let's be real. Jamie Moyer pitched till he was, what, 48? <laughs> A lot different. Right. Very different. But Moyer, but, but Moyer was accurate and knew how the fuck to pitch. He knew the mental part of it. Right. He's not a freak. If you saw the guy in the streets, you would you would think he's a banker. You know what I mean? Exactly right. But I'm just saying that's – there's a couple, you know – Un- inarguable things that you need to be a successful long-term pitcher in the MLB. Maddox mindset, great mechanics, and a rubber arm is the way to do it. Case in point, Bartolo Colon's still floating around. Right. And you know I he- love Bartolo. How could you not? Bartolo Colon, let's be real. Bartolo Colon is the face of MLB. To, to diehard baseball fans, he's the face of the MLB. How could you not love Bartolo? No, you can't. Right, exactly. I I almost I almost shed a tear every time I watched the highlight of him hitting the dinger in San Diego. Dude, oh no, you know what was even better? The behind the back toss in Miami. Ever see that? Of course. He, he stumbles off the mound, him is like 270 pounds. Behind the back, like it's nothing. And you knew he had no idea where that ball was going. No, no shot. <laughs> And that's why he was laughing, I think. You're like, look, it was a strike. I think they were all out because, look, that ball should have ended up down the first baseline all the way down the right field corner. Well, yeah, that's obvious. But, yeah, so. fuck it. I mean, yeah. But I, getting back to the trend, we've seen Luis Severino get an extension. We've seen Arenado get an extension. We've seen Mike Trout get an extension. We've seen Chris Sale get oh, an extension. Uh-huh. Who, Trout? Yeah. Well, come on. He he told Bryce Harper to hold my beer. Yeah, that he did. Yeah, and I'm going to FYI for for those of you who are interested in or listening to the other podcast that I do on baseball for Take It Deep. I'm going to I'm going to attempt to roadmap how the Angels can get Mike Trout a ring in the next Would 12 years. They have years. done that. But they have done that if Harper didn't make those comments. I don't think any I think Billy Epler being a Brian Cashman disciple means that he really could give a fuck less what the outside world thinks about him and how he runs his business. The only guy that can really get into his head is the owner. So it's fucking – it's, it's, let's be real. If the Angels don't have Mike Trout, you have – if you're an Angel fan, you have no reason to come to the park. Justin Upton ain't selling you tickets. Neither is Cole oh, Calhoun. Okay. Otani. 
Okay, but he, right now he still can't pitch. Right now he's a functioning DH. You're right. So let's be real. Right now, Mike Trout and Otani, when he's in the lineup, are the only reason that you're going to come to that fucking park. Yeah. And even then, I don't see many Angels games sold out to begin with. So you had to just to bring just to just to be a relevant team, you know. And and let's also take things at face value. Unless the Astros are in town, or the Yankees, or the Red Sox, or you know. Who who's the AL West play this year in interleague? Do you guys play them? I have no idea. All right, it's it's either I know it's not the AL, I know it's not the uh, the NL West this year. Right. But let's be real: the Angels are not going to sell out many games. The only guaranteed sellouts are when the Yankees are around and the Red Sox, maybe. Another LA team that plays second fiddle, right? Yeah, well, when I when I literally say that the Angels are the American League equivalent to the Mets, it's because they're exact clones of each other. Injury I, I prone as fuck, second fiddle in their town for now. L- l- come on. I think the Mets have more potential than the Angels. Right now, yes, but the right last now. couple years they've been clones of oh, each other. Uh, right. Yeah, and also too. Let's see how let's see how their records play at the end of this end of this year. If 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 their records are within five games of each other, then the streak continues. If the Mets make the playoffs and the Angels, who probably won't anyway, don't, then the, then the streak is over. And I will rescind my my clone statement. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I I do like that players are signing extensions. Like Verlander's two for thirty three a year made total sense. I agree. I don't think they. I, some people are like that's overpaying. I no, it is not. No, it is not. No, it's not. And also that rotation's weaker. Great. I know you. Right. I know you hate Keuchel as much as anybody, but Keuchel and Morton gone hurts. No, absolutely. So you I'm need to stabilize really the top. Morton really hurts. Morton really Correct, hurts. especially to a team that could make the playoffs this year. But point is, the team that could ruin their chances. I mean, right, you know, exactly. Absolutely. No, you lose. Let's be real. You lose two arms. It's gonna fucking hurt. That's just how it is. What hurts more? What pride. What hurts more? One bee sting or two? Absolutely. Right. So, and I know you hate Keuchel, and I bet you love that not a cricket is chirping on his market. But oh, I love. It. Yeah, and I love that Kimbrel's getting the same treatment. But no, Kimbrel's not. No, no, no. He's going to decide between the Braves and the Brewers in the next week. They just up. The Braves and the Brewers. Interesting. I did not hear any of that. Tell you what, if he goes to that Milwaukee team, that really puts them uh, on another level. Yeah, if the, if he goes to the Brewers, and Josh Hader is your seventh inning guy, holy uh-huh. fuck! Now those starters. I mean, they almost got to the World Series with no starters and one they, with one pitcher being Hader. Now you add Kimbrel to that mix. Yeah, he's well. He he. I mean, he's valuable to both of those teams. And the, the Brewers really didn't do shit. They probably have money I to throw the around. Brewers are a better team than the Braves. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree. But also, let's not forget, Jimmy Nelson's coming back at some point this year. Yep, that's huge. Right. So, and he's coming back for the playoff push months, which would lead. You'd have to think the Brewers are going to be fucking better. I'll tell you right now, Brewers get Kimbrel. I immediate I put them in the Cardinals as the top two dogs in that division. The Cubs dropped the third. Absolutely. Well, that's how it is for me now. But then it's like an exclamation. No, that right. That confirms it. 
But then, then I could pencil that in almost. Right. Um, but yeah, let's let's call it for what it is. I'm I'm so, I'm I'm not thrilled that these players are like avoiding free agency, but baseball free agency might be ruined forever. It, it might be until there's something that really changes. But that's why these guys are doing it. They're like, dude, I'm not going out there. Are you kidding me? Exactly. So yeah, I mean, oh. and, and let's be real. Are the Yankees going to extend Aaron Judge? Fucking yes. Why would you not? <laughs> but, no, you know, Andahar, Torres, they're are they all... Gonna ex- right. Are they going to extend Gary Sanchez? Probably. If he's go- if he if he proves he's worth it, why not? I don't know if they're fond of him. Well, he dropped 30 pounds. He, I've watched, I would say, at least 75% of the spring training games. He looks... Monumentally better behind the plate, and that's with the big league starters. And that's well, that's the key for him. Can he look like that? Right, because he—I mean, the arm never went anywhere. Right. No, the arm never went anywhere. The bat never went anywhere. Regardless, if he strikes out 180 times, the guy should still right. be able to knock. But when but when off. Sanchez is on, he's always shooting the right field gap. He's yeah. been doing that this year. He hasn't – He's you know, everyone in the Yankees, their two-strike approach looks much better. Pro, that's well, super that promising exactly for a high strikeout team. Right. For a high strikeout team, that's huge. Agreed. But we'll see what the deal is with Sanchez. Um, anything else you want to throw in here or are we going to put no, a bow tie on it? about wraps it up. That about wraps her up. All right. All right, bro. I will talk to, you. talk to you. Good day. Talk yeah, to right. You Peace. Later. And that was the newest edition of the Bleacher Creatures podcast. Again, brought to you by Jones and for Sports. If you haven't done so already, go to Facebook. Find the Bleacher Creatures podcast. We are on there. We are also on Twitter and Instagram. So is Jones and for Sports. Go find them there too because all the affiliate podcasts in the network, they live there. So do yourself a favor. If you love sports the way we love sports... You'd be stupid not to follow Jones for Sports and at least the Bleacher Creatures podcast. Uh, for those of y'all who listened, thank you very much. We always appreciate having an audience, and we will see you guys in a week. Enjoy opening day.